Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and welcome back to Make Me a Musical, a podcast where I try to get Andrew and... I forgot what show I'm doing. Shit, we're trying to make a musical in less than thirty minutes. What, wait, what? What show are we doing? Make me a musical. Ah, excellent. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, the camera's shaking. Oh, Andrew, are you just like the evil version of me? I am you. Oh actually. no! What a twist! I am not Edward Norton. I'm, I am, in fact, Brad Pitt. I'm you. I'm the you that you wish you could be. I feel like that brings a greater subtext to the entirety of our show. In all honesty, um, we're we're talking about the thing that I guess has already been tried to turn into a musical, but it never happened, according to some articles from 2015. Hey, hey, it hadn't happened, so we got free raid. Um, we're going to try to turn Fight Club into a musical today, guys. Yeah. Um, so, Andrew, for I'm going to guess there's probably at least one person that doesn't know the plot of Fight Club. What is the plot of Fight Club? Uh, Fight Club is a book and movie. Most people probably know the movie about a guy who is... Um, unable to find any happiness at all um, and is very upset with the world because he isn't getting what the world promised him and so he meets someone who promises to get him that by beating the shit out of him Um, and then they start a place where everyone beats the shit out of each other um, and that's called Fight Club and then there's more stuff that happens but I don't know do we keep going? Yeah. Um, so spoilers for Fight Club. If like, yeah, whatever. We're yeah. This go. is this is the real spoiler territory because you could probably gather what I just said from the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, it turns out that the main character is actually like this anarchist best friend. They're the same person, and that's the twist. Yeah. I don't even know if I could call him an anarchist. He's kind of doesn't have a real. He like represents everything that the current society and system upholds as like the ultimate good like 
super masculine, it's macho. It's like anti-materialist, anti-corporate, like all that kind of. Yeah. Life. So they want to. They basically want to tear down the system to implement the system again. Like That's it's kind of like they don't really know what they want. I don't know. Um, it's it's they, they a very relevant unclear, movie, though. Like, I know they're anti-consumerism. That's, like, their big thing. They're anti-consumerism. They're also anti, um, like, feminization or what they view as, uh, or, or demasculization is probably a better term, um, or what they view as that. Like, there's a lot of references to, like, men growing uh, breasts and... Uh, also, uh, he goes to the the um, place where the the men had testicular cancer and and lost yeah. their testicles. Like, there's a whole lot of references to that. Um, it's it's a the feminization of men. There's a lot of crazy, crazy, yeah, stupid stuff in this show. But really, really, what it is is just it's mostly just about somebody Im- fully embracing like all of the to- toxic elements of masculinity. Yes. And where that leads you, and the horrible things that can get you to do, <laughs> just basically. by feeling like you're less of a man. Yeah, and in that way, I think it's honestly maybe even more relevant today than when it came out, because I mean we've seen that type of stuff just take over our culture in a lot of ways. And the film um, isn't subtle with what it's trying to say. It's meant it's framing these as toxic, horrible people that just feel like their dicks are smaller than everyone else, so they have to cause violence and all that shit to make them feel more like men. They have to beat the shit out of each other. They have to do all these like destructive things to gain control of their masculinity. Um, and the thing is, when this film came out and many years afterwards, a lot of dude bros that it was criticizing embraced it because man, this looks fucking badass. They're so cool beats shit out of each other <laughs> yeah and i mean that always happens though like you know it's very hard to create a satire piece that satirizes a group of people like this where they won't just embrace it and we talked about this uh in our funerals episode as well yes. you have stuff like starship troopers where like actual fascists just latch onto it and they're like yeah this is great because like look at it, it's so cool it's yeah. just like, well, it's making fun of you, though. Like, you don't see that? <laughs> well, that's the reason why you kind of have the, the most effective satire comes from comedy. Um, like Jojo Rabbit, the producers. Blazing because it's Saddles. hard to latch onto something that's actively making you a joke. Yes. Um, and the worst thing that fascists and toxic men hate is being made fun of. <laughs> making their dicks feel small. Yeah. No, I agree, and that's why they like this because Brad, the Brad Pitt character, uh, in this genuinely is like kind of fun to watch and and cool, uh, cool in quotations. Like yeah, but he's you know. the idealized version of a man, and then at the end, it turns out he's a fantasy that doesn't exist. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying that it, it's not making fun of them. It's just I could see how they would completely miss it. <laughs> <laughs> and David Fincher, the director of the film, has said more recently, like, you know what, if, like, my daughter was dating a guy and he came up to me and said Fight Club was his favorite movie, I would definitely not want my daughter dating him. <laughs> You'd have to at least ask why they like Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, like when you frame it that way and you look at the guy, you kind of know your answer. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, so Fight, I can see Fight, Fight Club is a really good movie. I could see a lot of different types of people really liking it and saying it's their favorite, but uh, you know that one type of guy who's like, yeah, Fight Club is my favorite. <laughs> that, that becomes their entire personality. Like, you can kind of yeah. get where they're like, I will, Tyler Durden's such a badass. <laughs> The type of people that post on their Facebook memes that have Tyler Durden quotes. It's like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Tyler Durden is not a real thing, you idiot. He's not, he's not real even in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we need to figure out how we're turning this into a musical. And I feel like we lean okay. much harder into the satire, lean it more into like dark comedy territory. Um, and not to say that there isn't dark comedy there, but I imagine the opening scene is a song called Support, where the narrator, which is all Ed Norton's character is ever really called in there, in the film, um, just talks to you about, like, how everyone's looking for support. And we kind of, like, both... Well, you can have a number that's just him going to several different support groups over and over, and, like, they all sing... The name of the song is called Support, meaning that he's going to support groups and everyone's looking for support. Yeah, um, I'm wondering if we could do like a mix of music styles here, because I almost feel like the support groups and the um, oh, what is the what is the uh, the the only girl's name in this movie? I I can't remember her name if they uh, even gave her one. Marla, Marla Singer. Marla, I almost feel like they should have a different music style than the uh, Tyler Durden and, and the and the lead do. I feel like Tyler Durden has to have a sound unlike anyone else to kind of. He has to be like hard to rock, like hard rock, twist. like maybe no, not punk. I think he should be hard rock. I think he should be like ACDC kind of like just hard, you know. <laughs> and I feel like rock shouldn't appear when he's not around, unless we're like kind of you know hinting at him. Yeah, I think him and potentially uh, the unnamed main character could have a similar music style because technically they are supposed to be the same person uh so yeah um something that ties them together like you have the narrator's theme and then tyler's theme be the same thing but like with such different instrumentation you can barely tell oh yeah 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 you have different instrumentation but then by the end of it they kind of completely blur together um, exactly, where they kind of co-opt each other, or like one is part of a phrase, the other finishes the phrase, and you kind of think that they're their own individual things until they come together at the end. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like that because you can play with that musically more than you even could in something like film. So, mm-hmm. and I feel like we need like Tyler's song to be like his opening number to be like soap or something, like something a, a pun about soap. Yeah. I think, and what's really great is he just kind of shows up too. Yes. Uh, and you can even have, you can even like hint at him in earlier songs and then he just kind of shows up. I mean, in the film, they literally put, put him into the background of the shot for like one frame, that kind of stuff. You could probably do that in staging a bit. You could do that with like projection or you could even put an actor out there <laughs> for a bit and then kind of hide him. Yeah, you could do something like that. You could also instrument instrument wise, like say he's symbolized by like an electric guitar or something. Just have like one strum somewhere in a song, like you know. What, I have no idea. I'm not sure exactly how you would do something like that, but I think it could be cool. Now, how do we perform the fight scenes? 
Um, I mean, I, the fighting. I feel like we shouldn't focus on them. It's kind of the thing I was about to suggest. They shouldn't be focused on, I don't think. But also, the fighting, even in the movie, isn't really like glamorized. Not it's kind all. of like dirty and like. Uh, I almost feel like just having them do mock fist fighting on stage would be plenty. <laughs> and it kind of has to look terrible. I want them to be like not good fighters at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> the the fighting in the movie isn't really ever a, a main showcase. Like, there's not like fight scenes in it, from what I remember. Um, they they do fist fighting, but it's like it's always like somebody gets punched and they're just like bleeding. <laughs> I had this idea as we're talking, and maybe misguided, but I was like, eh, it's something to bring up. What if every character outside of the two leads, Tyler and the narrator, was played by someone not a man, whether it be, like, someone trans, non-binary, or a woman, which would kind of, like, hammer in the home of, like, the toxic masculinity side? I don't know if I like that necessarily. I, I, I think, think it's interesting enough to like broach it because this is a very male heavy show. I kind of feel like it might work against it a little bit though. Cause the idea of the show is that like the people who have lost their testicles or, or the guy who has is growing breasts or whatever, they're all men. Yeah. Like the idea is that they aren't, they didn't actually lose their masculinity they are still men. So yeah. if anything, I kind of feel like maybe they should all be played by men no matter what. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it was just something I was thinking about. Uh, Marla needs her own song, though. Like, And I don't like the kind of jokes in the movie with her. I kind of want to make her more of a person because like, her iconic line in the film is, I haven't gotten fucked like that since grade school, <laughs> which is just like, ah. Yeah, if this one actual really good criticism about the movie is that she's barely a character <laughs> yeah she's just like this poor battered woman confused and angry and rightfully so once you know the twist oh yeah of course i mean she's like what is going on with this guy he's actually like back and forth between different personalities <laughs> um um i don't know what you do with her though you know? I feel like give her some backstory. Give her a reason to actually be interested in both of the men. Give them a moment with both versions of the man where you, you kind of see like why she's into either of them. I feel like she doesn't have much agency in the story where she's just suddenly fucking men. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I do agree. I just, I personally don't know how to solve it. <laughs> I don't either. Um, but I... I like even just a song called Marlo where she gets to say who she is and where she stands and all that maybe just that and is enough to give her more of a presence outside of an object which she is in the movie oh yeah no I mean that's it is a good legitimate criticism uh I don't know what I would do with it yeah <laughs> Whereas um, I think that's not much David Fincher's fault, as we've seen later. He's very good at portraying women in his films. Um, I think it's probably the from the book. If 100% I'm, from the book. If it probably is. And, I mean, it. as much as it kind of sucks that it is that way, it kind of makes sense with the messaging that the movie is trying to portray. Though if you take the movie incorrectly, like a lot of people do it definitely sends a really bad message of like women are just not even really people. 
you know? Yeah, that movie is kind of sickening. Um, so consumerism, that side of it, the terrorism, I feel like a lot of that stuff can be shown through, like, projections. I feel like this is a good show to, like, embrace the projection side, especially for that ending shot where I kind of think we should recreate on stage. Oh, yeah. And that's that'd be a pretty easy one to do with projections. Uh, it would probably look about as good as Prince of Egypt, but, you know, we could do it. <laughs> I mean, it's not hard to do things better than Prince of Egypt, though. No, I mean, hopefully we could do it a little bit better than that, but it wouldn't be that hard to do. I mean, it's literally just two actors holding hands and then a projection of buildings falling, right? That'd be all you have to do. Yeah, and, like, all of that. And do we use the same music cue, or do we write our own thing where it's, like, so so starts it all? You, you We would write our own thing. We're not going to use a... Uh... What what's what type what uh, band do they use? I I almost forget. I can hear it in my head, but I could not tell you what band that was. I, I, I used the to know was like what the song was. When the movie the, came out. It's the Pixies. It's the Pixies. Oh God. Yeah, we don't we don't use that. Um. I mean, this at a certain point, this just kind of becomes like recreating the movie. What are we gonna do stage wise, staging wise that sets it apart from the film? So, what do we do with um, staging things like the weird, like, because the movie is full of this weird editing and like uh, camera tricks and things. Like, what do we do with that? I mean you got to try to figure out a way to tell it all in one single thing. Um, I feel like you could use the projection as part of it. Like, because we set up that Tyler Durden is a film projectionist, and you can kind of work that in, where suddenly the background starts to weave and bob like the film reels used to. You could do a lot of cool shit that way. Is this like... Usually you're very against projections, so is this like uh, well, you just think it would work so well into thematically? The story, yes. And there's so many opportunities here. I mean, realistically, I think a lot of this could just be projections and, like, minimal... Like, I don't think you'd need much of a set. Yeah, but I'm, like, imagining a scene where you've got, like, the violent angel face Jared Leto beating, and then you just see his blood splatter onto the projection screen in sync, like, kind of like the Terminator ride. Like, and I'm like, that shit could work. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm not against it. I don't, yeah, I mean, I think we've put out our ideas here, and a lot of this is just going to be like, do the movie. you can just recreate it. You've seen yeah. the movie, do that. Come on. That's what, sometimes when you're doing these and it's a movie, it's just like, you know, you could just do it. Is there anything from the movie that you think we should specifically cut? that like wouldn't work in a stage show uh, environment i feel like the sex scenes are a little too like there's like the literal all cgi sex scene where it's like no i feel like we don't need to see those oh you're right yeah you're definitely right i feel like uh, just we imply the sex and then he gets all butt hurt yeah i don't think we need that um would it be long enough how long is the movie movie's about two hours so I think we've already got oh. enough there. 139 minutes. Shit, that's a musical right there. And Dang, this is an easy one. Why is this not already a, a fucking musical? Is the well, real question. as you said, in 2015 they were thinking about it. Actually, uh, it actually goes back to 2011. I'm looking at these here. 
Broadway.com has an article from 2011 saying that Fight Club might become... Ten years, guys. And then there's another one in 2015 saying that they're still thinking about it. Um, so Chuck Just Palla, put this damn thing Palenhook, out. Um, it was the guy who was interested in that. And he wants to turn it into a rock opera, which I think might be the best way to do it. So it's, like, so obscenely different. I'm curious who he is um, and what he's done. Um, oh, he is the writer of the book Fight Club, it looks like. Okay, so it's a, a direct adaptation of his book. Um, curious who... Okay, he wanted Julie Taymor and Trent Reznor working together on it. So, oh my. the girl that did Lion King and Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark was directing a version of Fight Club produced by David Fincher with music by Trent Reznor. Oh, God. Well, who's Trent Reznor again? He did... He, I know he, the name. He's from Nine Inch Nails. He does all the Oh, my God. Yes. For <laughs> David Fincher's uh, movies now. He just won an Oscar for Soul last weekend. Um, yeah, fuck. Well, uh, Julie Taymor... Where is this? ...is an insane is, is this... person, and I want this. Where is this? Why is this not a thing yet? I don't know, but I really want this to happen now. Like, fuck our version. Julie Taymor, Trent Reznor, Dave Fincher making a musical, a rock opera. Insert this into my veins, please. Wow. If only. I, yeah, I'm like looking at articles. I'm like trying to figure out what happened to this. Why didn't it come out? Apparently, like, Trent Reznor wanted a year to put it apart in 2015, and there, there's been nothing since. I hope that they're still working on it. Like, can someone just pester Trent Reznor? Like, yo, dude, I know you just won an Oscar and we're nominated in two categories. Like, you were nominated for two of the five nominations this year. But can you work on that Fight Club rock opera, please? Yeah, like, this is, like, legitimately... The best case scenario for something like this, right? Yeah, it's also, like, a really... Honestly, I think it would be good. <laughs> As long like, as they know. kind of went in, I think the fact that it, you have the original creators in there, like the hindsight of like what they interpreted from the book and what audiences interpreted from the film, might help them more than something. It might help is... them make something more pointed. Like they might yes. be able to like uh, create something that's more accurate to the thing that they wanted to portray than the movie was. Whereas... Not that the movie did a bad job. It's just that they could do it better. The thing is, if you have a fan going into that and, like, interpreting it their own way, they're just going to replicate what they liked before. They're going to be less oh, yeah. inclined to change I mean, it. the worst case scenario is you get one of those Brett dude Ratner. bros who got all the wrong messages and then they remake it and it's like, it. the whole thing is just like, Tyler Durden is super cool and he was right the whole time. <laughs> oh my you know? god. Like, all right, can we all just, like, someone make one of those change.org petitions? Trent Reznor, get get to writing the Fight Club rock opera. Yeah, no, uh, make this happen. Uh, why and when it happens, it support it, unless it's very bad. Well, yeah, I mean, it still could be bad, but, like, come on. Come on. And what would the critics think? Yeah, the critics would love it because I feel like David Fincher is so meticulous in what he wants. Julie Taymor is the only personality just as like meticulous as David Fincher, and I feel like they'd fight in the best ways, and therefore the product would be great. And I think Ben Brantley would love it. 
It might even I... save um, fucking Julie Taymor's reputation in the New York theater scene, which was kind of tainted by the Piter Man of it all. No, I mean, the only way I can imagine critics not liking it is if somehow it's just far, far worse than the uh, movie adaptation. But I can't imagine it would be with it being created by the same people. So, I, I mean, that is a double-edged sword. The same people worked on the Prince of Egypt musical, and look what happened there. You're right. You're right. But I think that Julie Taymor makes me more confident in it all because... Yeah, she makes some big, broad decisions, but she'd also be, like, a new voice added into the mix. Yeah. Also, I think it's unfair to pin the blame of Spider-Man on her. Yes, it is. 100%. (laughs) I think that that was just a doomed project. Uh, Oh, yeah, Bono is writing the music? Massive hit. There was just no way that that was ever going to work. So, would you say that uh, Fight Club would uh, scrub her reputation clean like a bar of soap? I would, in fact. I, 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 I think it would. Um, and not, uh, She's got a weird reputation, and a lot of it's earned, a lot of it isn't. She does take other people's cultures and co-opt it into new things a lot, which is icky. But I think she's very talented, so I'd like to see her come back to Broadway in a musical form, because she knocked Lion King out of the park. Yeah. Hopefully right. we're doing I don't Lion think... King soon on musicals with cheese proper. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I have anything more to say on Fight Club. Um, yeah. It was a I... good talk, and honestly, I think the takeaway here is finish what you started. Come finish on. Finish the hat, guys. <laughs> like, All right. Legitimately, I just want to see it. Just you, like, you must have something there. And obviously, with multiple articles being written within a five-year period, like they want it to happen like come on <laughs> i can't imagine david fincher being like i really want this musical to exist i feel like he's like too much like uh what the fuck are you talking about no i don't want this shit i mean i disagree looking at these articles they're saying that he's one of the ones pushing for it i don't think he's pushing for it i think he's like yeah whatever if you guys want to do it i'll support it i bet that's more what he his involvement maybe i don't know i'm uh I want it to happen, is all I can say. All right, guys. We'll see you next time on our new episode of Make Me a Musical. Oh, no, Andrew, you're fighting me, but I'm fighting myself. Ah! 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 Turns out I never existed after all. And I've just been in a room talking to myself for all these episodes. Oh, no! What a, what a crazy reveal that would be. <laughs> we'll all right, let's tear time. it all down. We're blowing up everything. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.